Hello there and welcome into a brand new episode, episode two of Cast Crusade, the quest to meet Harrison Ford. Thank you guys for also your, your support so much so far. It's been amazing. Uh, the Facebook group is starting to really build now. You're getting your stories through, but I had to bring on a guest today who obviously means a lot to me, but has got a bit of a whopper to tell because he was there, man. He was there when it all happened. He was there in 81 Raiders, actually came out in the cinemas. My own Henry Jones Senior, my dad, Peter. Hi, Dad. Hi, Junior. Couldn't have, we didn't even rehearse that. That was perfect. Uh, Dad, you're on the podcast. This is amazing. This is the first time we've ever done anything like this. First time I've ever done a podcast. So um, there you go. If there's ever going to be a maiden voyage, it should be the two of us. A bit like our own last crusade, but there's no, there's no, there's no happy ending. There's no, there's no leap of faiths, or there's no only a penitent man will pass. It's just you and I just talking about Indiana Jones. We both loved. It. I mean, you, you're a big fan. I'm more pedantic than penitent. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> You, you, you've always. I mean, I guess it's fair to say you are. You're a big fan of Indiana Jones. I am. Yes, from the from the very off, I've been a fan. In fact, the very first movie I think I took you to was probably the the Last Crusade. No, it was, that was not. Probably are the first time I think we went to a movie. I think it is. What? That's I'm talking amazing. About proper, I'm, I'm I'm talking proper movie, not you know oh, kiddie yeah, stuff. That. I think the first proper movie we went to see in Reading <sighs> was the Last Crusade. We're talking '89, so I was like five years old. Yeah. And, and I was slightly worried taking you because obviously having seen Temple of Doom, <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought, Jesus, he's going to come out screaming. But because I knew that this that wasn't quite as bad, I thought it was okay. And I'm, I was proved right. Was I think okay. I think the that, that actually, I had no, I had no idea that was the thing that was my first. I knew we may have gone and see it, but do you? Yeah, I can't remember taking to any other major movie, but I wanted to go and see it. And I think we had a debate with your mum. We said, well, uh, this is what's going to happen. It should be okay. Um whether I was allowed to, I can't remember what rating it was, but I remember that's what we did. We went to Reading and saw it. So you thought, do you know what? If he has nightmares, fine. At least I've seen the movie and I can walk away from the trilogy yeah. feeling happy, content. And an Indiana Jones nightmare is a contradiction in terms. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, let's go back to, because to, obviously, I mean, first and foremost, that I mean, obviously I've started this podcast because I'm like, right, let's try and build up the, the biggest Indiana Jones podcast in the world so that inevitably when Indy 5 comes out, we'll talk about that later on, I'm sure. When Indy 5 comes out, um, you know, I want to. You know, we get Harrison Ford on the show because inevitably, if it's if it's the biggest Indiana Jones podcast in the world, surely he has to come on the show. Do you do you think it's possible? First and foremost, do I think that Indiana <laughs> Jones is likely to come on a podcast being organised by you? Yeah, I can't see any reason why that wouldn't happen at Thank all. Thank you for entertaining the idea. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I entertained it immediately, and then no. Who knows? If he was on the show, though, if he was on the show, A, I'm extending the invite to you, so you can 100% be on the show as well. Okay, so that's that's definitely going to happen. That, that's, that could get him on there. Yeah, that'll that could help. He's like, Peter Savage is on. That is, okay, now we're talking. Um, okay, so you're, so, so, okay, he's on the show. You're there too. And B, if you could ask him any question in that moment, what, what would you ask the guy? Is there anything you kind of think, that's not been asked, or I'm interested to find about that thing, or that happened in the movies, or just something completely, what, what would you ask him? I really like to know how he felt at being second choice. Yeah, that's a good question. Did that in any shape or form affect his way that he dealt with the role, realizing he hadn't been the first choice, and realizing that Tom Selleck had been the first choice, and obviously seen the way Tom Selleck acts, and wondered, should I be a bit like that because that's what they originally looked for, or should I just be Harrison Ford, Star Wars, and that sort of stuff? So it'd be interesting to, I guess, just when he got into the, the movie and had to think about the part where he started from. Yeah, I want. Yeah, that's a, it's a great question because I think it must be a thing as well because Tom Selleck must look at that those movies and, and obviously be you know gutted that he's not part of them. But at the same time, think Harrison kind of knocked it out of the park, so I'm going to let him have that one. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? I guess that happens a lot where, you know, you you are going to take the part and you can't for some contractual reason. And I can't think of any now, but there must be loads. And then the guy who comes in and takes it over almost looks like he was born to do that role. So you think, well, do you know what? Fair enough. If, if you get it right, and clearly he got it right, because when you think of Indiana Jones, you can't think beyond Harrison Ford, inevitably. But I guess it's a bit like Bond, isn't it? You know, once you get somebody like Connery, who had the Bond role, you thought he was so perfect for the role that whoever comes next can only re-succeed if it's so generational that you've forgotten what Connor is like. Mm. And that's why it took a while, I think, for most people to say, right, Daniel Craig's great. You're saying that because you don't really remember Sean Connery because you're now too young. Yeah. But So for me, I can't get past Sean Connery as the Bond. Yeah. Um, and he's... so whoever takes over, it's, it's difficult. I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. I, I always rated Dalton. I think he was a man before his time. I actually quite liked Living Daylights and, and License to Kill. I thought actually were really good movies, but just because, but because he kind of took it in a direction which wasn't that kind of slapstick Roger Moore style. Uh, it was more kind of a bit more serious. And I quite, I quite like that for Bond. And I think that's what makes Bond kind of... I, I agree with you. Yeah. I thought he made a, he made a good Bond on, on one level. So I thought he brought a real serious sort of depth to the role, which is what Craig has done. And, and after, you know, the, the antics of Roger Moore, I think we needed that. But at the same time, he never seemed to me to have the same charisma. Yeah. You know, he just didn't have the it that just made him, like Connery, you know, was a good actor, but there was something about him, something almost leonine about him. You know, there was something animal about him, something cruel about him that just gave him the edge that you never felt Dalton had. But, I mean, Dalton performed it well. And I said, after... Uh, uh, more it was quite a good a relief to have somebody that wasn't just trying to make it a joke yeah because that's what i think more did and then you had uh brosnan who yeah. was like the really pretty boy and then you had craig who who in my view is probably the best since connery because he then brought it back to a man who is emotional but also could be a bastard and i think that's yeah that's important. i mean i think i think as well with um I think after the Bourne movies as well, because I remember seeing I remember seeing the first Bourne Identity, which didn't didn't have a ma- I remember when it came out, like and and I I only read the book after you recommended it to me after the fact, like I'd so I'd, so I'd, I'd seen the movies, the trilogy, and you were like, you got to read the the Ludlum novel, it's it's great. Yeah, the Ludlum novel's brilliant. It was brilliant, and but the the novel I didn't, yeah, it was one of the first times that I kind of I thought the movie story was going to be the same as the book, but the book is so different, like such a yes. different story, and a lot yes. more detailed. Um, I thought they can obviously, and naturally that's going to happen because the book's a bit of a monster. It's huge. It's about 400 pages. Yeah, so you've got to fill it with something. Yeah. And um, I mean, you're a, you're a massive reader as well. So you kind of, you know, you've, you've read, do you have a favorite book? Yeah. Well, I have a favorite writer of crime fiction. Go on. Well, I have, I have a couple. So Ellery Queen, I'm a real fan of. Ellery Queen is a very different kind of, of, of crime detection novel. There's always a, a twist to the way that the, the clues are given to you. So there's, um, so a man is killed. Okay. And when they, they find him, his suit's been turned inside out and every element of the, the room which he's killed has been turned back to front. Now, if you get confronted with that as a rationale for a murder, how can you not read to the end just to find out what the nonsense was all about? <laughs> so, so Ellery Queen's really good. Um, uh, I like uh, Earl Stanley Garner, who wrote Perry Mason, because I love the crime, because the courtroom scenes, they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a modern one is Colin Dexter. The, the Morse books... I think are much better than the TV programs. Um, the Morse books themselves, there's only about 15 of them or 13 of them. They are uh, brilliant. So, uh, but I have, I have loads and you'll find there's one or two that I like from different authors, you know. Yeah, my, so, my father has always had a library in his house of some degree. Like we, yeah, it's, there's always been a, a, a stack, like a bookshelf just full to the brim with like, and we're talking like old books as well. Like you, would, you would regularly, I think, get like 
just like a bookstore and kind of find like stuff like in the you know yeah i want a book that's been used as a football before i read it yeah god forbid anyone goes to you i got it's you a, be I got messed you a about kindle. a bit look 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 pete i got you a kindle for christmas you got me a what i can't okay, what no i couldn't do a kindle i'm do sorry I, I need to feel it in my hands i'm talking about book here. i need to, yeah. but i need to have a something <laughs> that i can actually you know turn over a page but also i like the idea of a book you know, you know when you're sort of getting through it you know you're getting to the climax of the book and you, you sort of feel that as you mm. get towards the end yeah you can't even with a kindle so yeah totally I am old-fashioned in so many ways. I mean, with Kindles, you do get kind of the percentage what's what's left. That's kind of to a degree, but then again, you can't feel no, like you not, said. It's you're not assuming, real. Yeah, it's not real. It's, it's a number. It's not, not real. No, um, it doesn't have three. Di- it's not three-dimensional. <laughs> it doesn't count. Forget. I mean, let, I mean, let's. Uh, this being an Indiana Jones podcast, I guess we tell it back to Indiana Jones uh, at some point, and th- it feels like a time to to go back to the very beginning of of, of kind of your your sure. introduction into indie um as such i mean uh, we we've talked we talked before about how you kind of found indiana jones and that that's why i'm encouraging i remember sharing you the idea for this podcast with you about like kind of getting people's stories to kind of you know uh, to share stories about indiana jones because a lot of times people have like negative i guess kind of ideas of the you know the kind of particularly the fourth movie which we don't really talk about and we'll i saw that with you for the first time and again we'll talk about that later on but like with with the original movies uh raiders comes out we mentioned tom Selleck originally but it's harrison ford you were there, obviously, in '81 when the movie was coming out. What do you remember of the of the kind of the, I guess, the marketing around it, and how were you? In, how did you actually go and see the movie? Okay, well, the, I was in the early '80s well, for a considerable time after. I worked in a London advertising agency, okay, and I was what we call a, an account manager. So I was the the liaison between the client, who clearly wanted to advertise their products, and the resource of the agency that was creative people, that was production people, that was strategic planners, that was the media department. And these were big clients, so the media department got quite a bit of money to spend. So when a couple of tickets came up for a movie premiere for media departments in London, one of my media guys said, do you want to go? And I said, what is it? He said, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, my first impression was, well, that must be Noah's Ark then. Obviously. So that must be the ruins somewhere on Mount Ararat, and they must go somewhere. <laughs> and then they said Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Raiders are sort of like boys' own adventures. It was a very strange expression. I thought, was it pirates or somebody going to rob it? It just sounded a bit, a bit funny. But you thought, well, you know, it sounds okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'll go and see somebody get to Noah's Ark and see what happens then. And then I did a little investigative work. You obviously you don't have, you didn't have the, the internet, so you had to find out what you could. And I knew it was starring Harrison Ford. Remember in 81, Harrison Ford, well, he was mainly Star Wars sort of guy. You know, there mm. was not real the, the the big history that he has now. So, but you thought, well, he's he's okay. I've seen Star Wars. And Denham Elliott's in it. Well, he's one of those sort of strange, sort of sleazy old British actors. And you thought, well, that's odd. Um, in fact, at the time, I remember there were a lot of English actors playing butlers. Do you remember John Gielgud was mm-hmm. in Arthur? And then you had Denham Elliott himself playing Coleman in Trading Places. So I thought there might be some eccentric Englishman. And, you know, there were so many sort of strange thoughts. But John Reese davies who was in it, um, I remember from my favourite programme, I, Claudius, because John Reese davies played Macro, who was Caligula's sort of henchman. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, this is a strange bunch. But So I knew a bit about that. And then there was Steven Spielberg... Again, he'd done Jaws, he'd done Close Encounters, hadn't done E.T. yet, so we didn't quite know the, the storyteller he was, but I, I knew a bit about that. George Lucas, I'm not even sure I knew he was producing it. 
Really? I can't remember thinking George Lucas, because if I had, I'd probably be thinking, oh, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark in space. So I wasn't (laughs) sure about that. So, you know, there was was very little to go on. John Williams' music, I hadn't really discovered. So there was very little apart from this misconception that it was about Noah's Ark rather than the Ark of the Covenant. And beyond that, I had nothing. I mean, Nazis? Where was that going to come in? We didn't have any idea. So I went to the premiere... I remember it being a relatively small room, but but packed with a lot of people drinking. And I sat down and then, of course, watched it. And it was absolutely nothing like what I'd had in my mind's eye that I was going to see. That's amazing. It it was completely different. So 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 you you start off with very little apart from, you know, little resources you pick up from your life and say, oh, that's what it's going to be about. And you go, then think, oh, that's not it. It was this thing about the, the Ark of the Covenant and Nazis and war and... And all that sort of stuff. And, you know, the special effects with, I mean, the special effects we'll talk about later. The special effects were great with one exception, which is, I think, the the burning faces at the end will still make you laugh, really. <laughs> so, but, um, it's so know. mad, isn't it? You can look at things, Jesus, like, what, what, <laughs> what was, yeah, who came up with? They have done let's better melt than, his face. Let's melt you know, it. Let's put three candles up and let's set them on fire and see what happens. You know, it's, it's rubbish. Oh, man, man. So that was my impression. I walked out thinking, well, that's, amazing movie that was really you know because a because it was a good movie but b because it was totally unexpected and i guess the audience was buzzing as well like everyone was because you can't not go and see that yeah you know you're talking advertising type so they were talking what they could do better but um you know it was um no they all came out thinking well i think they were the same nobody's quite expecting what you were confronted with um and you know all those set pieces like the rolling rock and the you know, when he um, they discovered the, the location of the Ark with the, yeah. the headpiece of the Staff of Ra and, and, the, and the stuff like that, all those different those fight scenes, they were all just brilliant set pieces. And, of course, now when you look back, you think, well, that was so pure Spielberg because he's so brilliant at those set mm. pieces. But at the time, you didn't quite read it. Apart from, from Duel, you know, he did that, that oh, film, yeah, original yeah. film, yeah, which was very much a sort of a, a sort of fighting set piece. You know, these were this was really good stuff. So um, it was, a, I say, it was a, a really strange experience because it was completely unexpected. But then after that, of course, you think, well, that was that was amazing. One if they do any more, and of course, in two cases, luckily they did. Yeah, yeah the fourth one. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think. Well, I mean, I'm you know we'll talk Temple of Doom later, but that was just a bit, <sighs> a bit weird. I think I think he was depressed or something. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Well, mind you, of course, he did meet Kate. Capture on that yeah so he'll always have fond memories i mean they i think he's still married today like so obviously that was a a big deal yeah but he was was he married he'd only married kate capshaw i believe after temple of doom and and that's where he met isn't alison dooley george lucas's wife or like from um you know from last crusade dr schneider dr schneider yeah yeah that's that's george lucas's wife right so i had no idea yeah i did i did not know alison i do know that um amy irving was married to spielberg and he met Kate Catshaw on Temple of Doom. And then I think went off with her, I think. Nothing nothing quite brings people together than being trapped in a room covered in some of the world's most extraordinarily horrible creatures and bugs and insects. Oh, and minecarts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it was, it was. I think when you start ripping, ripping people's hearts out, <laughs> so I, I think you then get, you know, that becomes a bit more of a ghoulish thing that you don't really want because obviously if having seen indiana jones the first one yeah. you now have an expectation of the second one 
and that was you know that was bleak yeah yeah it's dark that 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 time period as well when you when you watch Raiders I guess you had no access obviously because it's it's, I guess it's word of mouth that promote the movie because there's no obviously there's no internet there's I mean I've seen the trailer now the trailer is is, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Raiders but it's so dark I don't don't know if it was ever a thing that you saw was even out there or posters no I, I, I to be honest until somebody said here's a ticket to go and see a movie do you want to go to a movie premiere then yes i'd like to go to a movie premise that'd be fun and then you told the film i can honestly say i don't remember reading anything about yeah, it at that's all that's crazy that because you because of, of how much of a cult phenomenon that indiana jones is to a degree like you kind of you kind of think spielberg and lucas surely that's going to work but then obviously we cut to the fourth movie i mean the fourth movie you and i went to go and see this together we've been waiting 19 years or 19 years because we i mean we've both seen the the trilogy particularly well i say trilogy one and three many 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 times um and here comes i remember the trailer coming out because do you remember when there was a you and i would always discuss kind of fan theories about like what we heard kind of like they got and i remember there was a stage where we both loved the idea of being called indiana jones in the city of gods that sounded great yes, because because God remains a really powerful tool in Indiana Jones because of the two the four movies, the two that where God sort of turns up yeah. uh, are the ones that seem to be the best. Yeah. So when he says City of Gods, Ooh. you thought, well, maybe there's something mythical. Maybe it's something you know he discovers yeah. Zeus because you know well, who knows. But you felt that had a way to go, and then when you realised it became the kingdom of the crystal skull. Which is a mouthful. Your heart began to sink a bit, and you think, well, maybe it's a treasure. And then you begin to hear, oh, it's UFOs and it's space travel. Yeah, yeah. And then you think, well, shall we go or shall we not? But we'd be better. Yeah. yeah. And then we wish we had. I wonder, I'd love to, I'd love to ask, I'd love to ask Spielberg what his thought, what, because the fan reaction was pretty, was pretty savage, um, I think, to that movie. But like, just the idea of like, because I, I know, I, I guess when he's talked about, you know, the fact that this movie, obviously, into being older, it's set in the 60s, and obviously, you can have like, you know, UFOs, extraterrestrials, very prevalent in that time, and Roswell, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I guess we as we as fans, because I think they're trying to obviously, and I get trying to appeal to a new audience as well. A lot of films these days are, I said, we had a conversation earlier, I was like, the best movies were the movies in the 80s. They were they were darker. They were kind of they were kind of more kind of adventurous to a degree. These days, it feels like it's always kind of trying to play to the family card because that's the more eyes on a movie, the better in this day and age. Whereas making the movie that, you, that that back in the day that was kind of you had the 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 passion to make. You know, it didn't it didn't depend on box office kind of tickets necessarily. Obviously, that's always a, a key factor. But nowadays, it feels like kind of the whole kind of you know mutt swinging in the trees like vines with monkeys and killer ants it was just mental the fourth it was just bonkers yeah I, do you know what and I, I don't this is probably completely untrue but i just when i see it i just wonder if steven spielberg really believed in it in the same mm. way Can you, i mean even the way it's edited and the way that the story unfolds it, it feels a bit patchwork quilty you know it never feels to have the same flow and you just wonder if he was doing it out of some duty to the fans or some contractual obligation as opposed to a real a real desire to do another movie so totally. it felt a bit of a cop out because it's space and you know I'm it be, I think it became for me it was not as enjoyable because I think the first certainly one and three felt like you know it was a, a, a love a, a labor of love yeah. right? a passion project I felt that the number four was a, well, the fans have been asking for it, so we better do it. And we knocked it up in 40 days and away we go. Yeah. And I hope number five isn't the same. You know, we better do it before 
all of us drop down you know, on the ground. Yeah. You know, we better just get it done. Because if that's the case, then I don't want to see that. I don't want to see a movie that's done just to pander to my taste I, I want, or to pander to my mm. sort of sense of nostalgia. Yeah. I want to go to a movie because it's a good movie and it, and it reflects what I've invested in Indiana Jones so far. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that you know, with the with the fourth um, with the fourth movie as well, we, yeah, the patchwork element is is totally on point because I remember watching that with you, and I remember my, at the end of the movie, my head was in my hands. I was just a bit like, "What?" I don't. We actually we went with it was you, me, and our and, and your youngest, my little brother Tian, as well, the three of us together. And I remember that you two sat a few rows, I think, behind me or something, and I was kind of like, well, I, 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 I was, I, yeah, I remember going because I I wanted to go really close to the screen. You guys were like, nah, we're gonna go to the back. And I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna get close up in the action. Yeah. Got really close, hand, head in hands, and I was like, I don't understand what I just watched because there were so many, like, so many parts of it. Because obviously, with with the biblical side of things as well, you have that natural, like, oh, that's from that story that's in the Bible. I can connect the dots there because that that is there's a kind of like a the, the context is actual, you know, Christianity that we kind of we know and understand to a degree of what 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 is and how things came to be. When you've got like an alien element, which basically anything goes, you can just invent anything, pull any kind of random MacGuffin out your ass and kind of make it a thing everyone just goes oh yeah. okay you have to no but i think that's the point isn't it the the, the numbers one and three and the bits to two you hear about what the the, the you know the thing is what is the artifact mm -hmm. and you go after it and then you get it at the beginning of, of four you don't know quite what you're going after and you only discover what it actually was you were going after and why you got it in the last few yeah. scenes so you've got to wait and wait and wait and go, oh, it's the crystal skull of that alien. And when you put the alien on, they've all got their crystal skulls and blah, blah, blah. As opposed to the Ark of the Covenant, we found it. Oh, look what it does. Or we're looking for the Holy Grail. We know we've got the, the tablets that will get us to the canyon of the crescent oh, moon. And then you God. get there and you find it. So it, to me, it felt like there was a journey that you were, you know, it was a bit like a, like a Columbo murder mystery. You get told who gets killed and you find out how it happens yeah. in the end. And I think this is exactly the same premise of numbers one and three and a bit to, you know, the Shikara stones and all that stuff. You know, you, you get given a indication of what that's about, but obviously there's other things about child slavery. Yeah. I mean, number two was, was, a was, a was such a, a different, cause it, it was, I mean, it's so much darker than the other, the other movies. Yeah. And you kind of wonder whether or not, cause I guess there's a, at this point, you know, Raiders success, there's a kind of repertoire now of obviously we now know that Lucas was kind of into those kind of like, you know, was it those old serial cartoons that we used to watch? And that was kind of the inspiration. Yeah. One, one thing I think yeah. you brought my, to my attention as well. There was an old, a really old comic book character called Doc Savage of all names. Doc yes, Savage. That's right. In fact, um, there, there was a TV series made by a guy, uh, starring a guy called Ron Eli. Mm -hmm. And Ron Eli, when I was a kid, was my Tarzan, because he was Tarzan okay. on the telly. And suddenly he turned up as Doc Savage. Who was the inspiration for Indiana Jones, right? I think that was, he was one of the guys who apparently inspired uh, the, the, the guy. Could be, because he was a similar sort of guy who looked, I, I think he looked after artifacts, but I, I can't. Well, we'll as, it's, as it's our namesake, we'll, we'll take credit that it's we're part of the family. But um, I think that's that was the interesting thing, really, is that you kind of have this, uh, you know, you kind of, you know, you get into a degree, and I think with a lot of the stories that have kind of spawned since, and the kind of the canon that is the indie universe, like you could have young Indiana Jones. I didn't really watch young Indiana Jones. I don't think you did either. No, not at all. Was it called the... the, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles or something. That's right, that's yeah, right. No, I, and I just I, never really... No, I, I couldn't see... I, I never quite get why you should see a young kid play your hero. Because, you know, yeah. it's, it's like... The, the, I know that there's books about young James Bond. And I thought, well, he's either James mm. Bond or he's not. He can't be his yeah. little nephew. Well, I think, you know? I think this was... I think I, 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 
I'm purely this is assumption here as well, but I remember there being a lot of characters from history, and it was almost like kind of like a like a dramatized like kind of history lesson in some ways for kids. Like it was kind of like they would kind of you would bump into kind of these iconic figures from you know from every, everywhere, which way, shape, or form in history, and then you would have you would interact with them and you find out about their stories. So it, it became it was it wasn't really the same. I don't think personally, people that are listening probably thinking that was the best thing ever. It just didn't really. I did, it didn't. I didn't no. really hit. It didn't really kind of hit I, I me. I need an artifact that when you find it, it does something splendid. I need That's the what Bible. I need. I need a Bible and God powers. I need bi- God a Bible, powers. an artifact, <laughs> and a miracle. Thank you. <laughs> Give me a miracle all day. That's a T-shirt right there. Give me a miracle all day. Um, I think with. I think with the second one. You write the Shankara stones, and you had like I mean, it, it was there was some. Um, I think it was like the second one is that there are some un, like the, the actual opening sequence of like the plane and the inflatable and the mountains and the, it, it's all insane. Like the opening kind of like um, dance, even when that kind of uh, the guy oh, what's that guy named the guy in the bar in the bar at the beginning because we, we meet short round obviously, but uh, that guy who's like on the adventure within you gets shot and you kind of go. Oh my! One of these mates is uh, David Yip. Yeah, I don't know his name is in the. Is it? Yeah, what in the oh, movie? God, I don't in, know. Uh, but he, um, yeah, he so he gets obviously we meet short round and you meet kind of like Willie Scott and that kind of connect on that plane. It was, the whole opening of the se- the scene the, the movie is is really great, very entertaining, like really cool. Um, and then you go down this kind of like the avenue of like this uh, kind of again like a it's it's it might be kind of like the. The, the nature of it on the gods we're talking about and the Kali and all that kind of stuff is is not part of Christianity but of different kind of like of different religions and, and, and whatnot and so there's there's elements there that, that again as as a man who's been brought up as a Christian I don't know too much about that so I, was, I didn't have the same kind of I'd say the same kind of it didn't resonate with me as much I guess that's what I'm trying to say see I, I just I, I don't feel quite the same okay so I felt the opening sequence was completely overblown you know singing and dancing like some sort of step anything goes then you have some some jumping out of an aeroplane and then land the river. Well, actually, when it began interesting to me is when they came across the Indian village because then that began to add the mystique or the mystic part of it, mm-hmm. which is, in a sense, what the god bit does. It adds a mystical part to it. So the stones, I, that's when it began to get interesting to me. And the journey with the bats and all that sort of stuff, that was very Indiana cool. Jones. Yeah. So the mystic bit to me was when they meet the Indian people, the Indian family, okay? that's that's Or the Indian guy, the priest, takes it back to the family about the children disappearing, and then that guy turns up with the stones. You begin to set the mystic thing, and then you've got the thing, you know, the, the artifact, the missing stone, all that sort of stuff. So I like that bit. It's when it got to the, I said, when Indiana Jones was being you know, flogged, really, do you need to do that? Ripping somebody's heart out, do you mm. need to do that? You know, being put in some burning pool of lava, is that necessary? And then you've got the children being beaten. I mean, it just seemed to get darker yeah, and darker. It's when he, when he's then been... a guy gets crushed in a mangle, I mean, really? I mean, having said that, of course, in the first film, somebody gets his head blown off by the propeller blade. So this is true. You know, so. Although that um, bit, I mean, the monkey brains as well for me. I was just like, "What?" Like, that guy goes, "Monkey brains." I was like, "That to me was a bit like, what? Like this is this is so weird." And I mean, obviously, yeah, Indies they're going, is about "Oh yeah, ability, isn't it?" Yeah, let's let's shock the audience. Yeah, totally. By doing stupid things. Chances are, I believe that they do eat monkey brains. In India. I mean, it is. A uh, yeah, it could be a thing. I mean, they, I mean, they, I mean, but, the, you know, when they were picking up those eels and. They were slavering around the, or squeezing them into their mouths. And things. you think, oh, all right, okay, yeah. Even yeah, you, you've got the yuck factor. Thank you. It was that kind of. It was where they were kind of pouring with that kind of when they kind of turned indie, kind of like into dark indie, and had that kind of like that severed, like mummified head pouring that yeah. liquid down his throat. You think, this is so. This is like. 
this is really it, it really was an attempt demonic think, and to, weird to, like yeah to move indie on but to a point where it didn't feel like it needed to be or that it was actually quite the same you know same movie and when you think of three where it just took you back and you felt well that that level of you know there were some things going on in there not particularly great but but you just felt that was that was the right tone I felt that this number two was just yeah. the wrong tone. I love I love the opening of number three as well, with the kind of um, the young indie River, River Phoenix, obviously, who plays um, yeah. indie, and you're going through the kind of origins of how indie was. And I love the fact that you kind of go the, the circus train. The whole opening set piece in that movie, I just absolutely love the music as well. It's amazing. And I think when you get to when you get when you get to um, the bit where you're at Indy's house, you kind of meet the guy who kind of wears the fedora, like kind of like indie who's yeah. like. Indian in his own yeah, right the, to a degree, but not yeah, like kind of like a even bad to the point guy. Where got, you know, where he got his scar on his lip from the, the oh, whip and all amazing. those little things. And I think that was, and again, see, that's that's to me is why that film is also good because it, it actually was appealing to the Indiana Jones fan. Yeah. Okay, and I think that's also very important. In the end, you have to recognize that these movies are yes, they anybody can go and see them, but because they're called Indiana Jones and mm-hmm. not just the nature of the movie, you can't just not go if you're not an Indiana Jones fan. You've got to go because you actually like him and what he represents. And that's why, you know, him getting so old now. It's going to be quite a, a difficult journey and be interesting to see how they deal with that in five mm-hmm. when clearly they they can't say, well, see you in the next one because they have to wheel him in. I know. So this this last one's going to have to either be the end, like, like Bond, it's either the end of him and someone else just takes over the role, which would be difficult, or it's a passing of the baton. Yeah, and I don't know how they're going to do that. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of um there's I mean there's a, there's tons of speculation out there at the moment, and I've I've discussed with you a little bit um about kind of what I've heard and what Indy Five looks like, and 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 everyone's got like a lot of kind of their two cents to throw in to kind of like give their opinions and things. I think one thing I've seen, like I said to you last night, I went to go and see Ghostbusters Afterlife last night, and um there was you know I'm not going to spoil anything, but you could see how they brought characters back from from the past and you can kind of see the kind of de-aging process we saw with, the, with um the mandalorian we saw that in season two as well like that epic ending like yeah. we, uh, like that that there's there's de-aging and kind of that d- the deep fakeness out there now that you couldn't you could in essence bring back a younger indie to play a part of that fifth story that kind of fifth chapter and there, there does seem to be kind of like the kind of running theme does seem to be there is going to be some kind of t- like time portal element to it and um, back and forthness of like, you know, where the movie's set because you kind of see... Yeah, look, I, I buy all that, but the question is, why would you? Why can't you, you know, if number five is good, let's say, let's say it is, let's say number five is good, Spielberg ain't going to do any more. Well, he's not doing this one. No, exactly. So Williams is not going to keep writing. So, you know, two of the, the sort of the foundation stones to them is going to go. Indians, Indiana Jones, I mean, Harrison Ford is not going to play anymore. Why don't you just like one of his artifacts? Just let it become an artifact. That's the way it is. That's the way it ended. I don't, I don't quite understand. Well, of course, I understand commercially you want to keep making it move on. Yeah. But I, I just don't buy why you've got to force feed us another Indiana Jones or, I don't know, whoever takes over. Because in the end... Will I go to it? Well, like, we'll go to the first one for curiosity value, but unless it's an extraordinary piece of of, of cinematography or a brilliant film or whatever, I, I don't can't see me going again mm-hmm. because I'll always hanker after what was. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think I think from from the sounds of things as well, like obviously people are saying that Phoebe Waller Bridge has come in to kind of half write it, half star in it. 
potentially is going to go on to be the new Indiana Jones. And that's going to be like, obviously Disney plus now own, own the Indiana Jones franchise and they want to make like TV series out of it and how they can. So that's, and I, and I get that, but you're right. Like from all the photos you see from sets and things of, of Harrison Ford, you think, Dude, he is like eighty years old. This is this is like this is yeah, a bit he's kind done of his bit for King he's, and Country. He's, that's he's for sure. Done his, I mean, don't get me wrong. Force Awakens, I actually enjoyed Han Solo coming back. I thought he was good in that. He was solid as Han Solo. It was it was good. Not necessarily happy about the way he he kind of you know departed Star Wars and that you know. But I thought he looked he played Han Solo well when he came back. Indeed, I just I'm just I'm just a little bit I'm apprehensive, but. I think you know. Well, I guess it's also the role when he comes back in in Force Awakens, he comes back as an old guy, mm-hmm. so you expect him to be old. But Indiana Jones doing what he's doing, you wouldn't do that if you're an old guy because you're too old. I mean, the things he has to do, yeah, seem to be far too demanding for an old bloke. So um, you know, you've, you've I, I no doubt he's a very fit man. I've no doubt he'd do everything and it'll all be brilliant. Although he seems to keep breaking something every time he does any stunt, but in the end. You know, the Indiana Jones, by its very nature, is an incredibly demanding job because you're you're dealing with extraordinary obstacles. Yeah, that's exactly. Know, and, I mean, yeah. so, just just give look. You you. I think you're with me on this. Just stick him in a cave, give him a little book with like how to get out of certain situations, and just let him let him wangle or Sherlock Holmes's way out of different scenarios. Don't need to be physical. Just use his brain. Solve some puzzles. Solve some riddles. Find something that belonged to Jesus or God or something, and then just go. It belongs in a museum. Yeah, I, I don't think... I, I don't think... The thing about Indiana Jones, or think the, my view about the way he plays the role, to, the most important thing is never the adventure, yeah. it's the artefact. Okay, so... So, yeah, I don't think he's... he. The only people who want to see all these wonderful different traps mm-hmm. is us, really. But I think if you take that away, you know, that I think that's part of the magic of it, of, you know, of a stone rolling to block a cave, which is yeah, being yeah. chased by or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, and also some of the far-fetched stuff. Like the the one that gets me always in number one is when he sticks his hand in the light <laughs> and these great spikes, these Forrest pointed off. bamboo sticks. Where is the photosensitive cell in a you know four thousand BC that was created to enable that to happen? Things yeah. like that, I think, are a bit yeah. absurd. But I think I think the traps are great. I I feel exactly the same way about the word of God in the Last Crusade, the second thing, where it's like you've got to walk over, you've got to spell out, you know, um, Jehovah. Latin, you know, that begins with an I. That kind of moment. But like you see that below him is this chasm of nothingness. But, but the, the stupidity of that, by the way, is there is no J in the uh, the Latin alphabet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why did someone write the letter J? It doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. How could you write the letter that <laughs> doesn't so exist? True. So you've just you've just absolutely you just you've just solved something that not even not even Henry Jones Senior solved in his Grail Diary. I mean, but that, but that, that's I've true. Created but, a letter. You might have made it a squiggle with an ant at the top and said, "Well, no, the, yeah, it's but, but what? How how are those things that all being held together? But and some of them let you fall through, but some of them don't. Like I don't like physically that doesn't make like physics would not allow for that to happen. I don't know how it's no, a thing. No, not unless you had a series of columns and the letters are on the columns and the non-letters are not. Yeah. But as you see, he falls through. And when he falls through, there is nothing holding them up. It's just an empty, vast space of expense of nothingness underneath the canyon of the Crescent. I don't even know what that is, but... Well, that's it, a little... I mean, And then he crosses a canyon within the canyon of the Crescent Moon, which obviously is when he sees the, 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 the pathway that's invisible. Oh, yeah. 
Now we're getting into the nitty gritty of this. I think I might have to write a letter of complaint. I can't. This is making no. It makes no sense, Dad. Yeah, it makes I think no the sense. chances of re-editing at this stage are slim. limited. Limited, yeah, limited. Yes. But I mean, um, do you? I mean, talking about magic moments. Like, do you remember when you and I went to? Because we've, we've done a few of these kind of Indiana Jones experiences in the past as well. Yeah, yeah. And you and I went to. We've been to a couple of like Royal um, London um, uh, Philharmonic Orchestra performances. Yeah, yeah. And do you, and Temple of Doom. I have got to say, when we were watching, when we were, when we did, we did like the whole John Williams repertoire. So you had everything from ET to Star Wars and that kind of stuff. But when he when they did Temple of Doom. Da, 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 da. We, you and I were like, yo, this is it. This is amazing. Yeah, I mean, the music, uh, the thing about the one consistent quality of all the movies is the music of John Williams that supports it. Yeah, yeah. So every, you know, whether it's the Ark of the Covenant, whether it's the Last Crusade, you know, the, the, the rift he finds for each of them is amazing. I cannot remember what the rift is for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is another indication to me that mm-hmm. it doesn't have the same effect. I can't remember what the rift is, but you can remember... Da, 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 da. I mean, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can just yeah, you can. remember them because they were so perfectly attuned to what you were seeing. And I it's think so it, weird, it's, isn't it? Though, it you, I can't remember any of it. It is like... It, that, it, it is... Because there's a lot of people... Because I'm a part of a lot of forums and obviously a lot of the, the listeners as well be part of these forums and kind of, you know, you, you listen to kind of feedback. A lot, a lot of people... There are a lot of people out there who genuinely really consider Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as a great film. And and fair play because it, I, we're, we're just not in that camp. But I, no. I totally appreciate people that kind of say, oh, I, I love that and that's, that's, that's my experience of Indiana Jones. No, do they think it's a great Indiana Jones film or just a great film? I think more the, the latter, a great film. Yeah, um, well that, and that's 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 cool. If you know, if you don't, if you don't carry any baggage with you, yeah. Um, but, but we do. You know, we have certain expectations, and, yeah. and they just weren't met. I know, and, and that's, that's why five is a, is both a exciting but a worry because you feel if it doesn't, if it's not met a second time, yeah, the legacy becomes tainted by that. But I'm going in. I'm going in this time though for, to Indy Five, and obviously we'll get Harrison on the show. We'll talk about yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll tell you about yeah, we'll, we'll talk about about things before the movie comes out. Um, obviously, this is going to be the biggest. Indigenous podcast in the world, but still, like you know, with 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 that movie that comes out, I'm going in this time though with 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 massively low expectations compared to number four because number four, I'm like I've been I've been buzzing for this for so long, like it's going to be amazing. Last Crusade was the nuts, like everyone's back, but then it wasn't that. So I think if I keep expectations low this time, I, I like to think I wouldn't be disappointed as much. The trouble is for me, it's always the difference between the hope and the despair. So you are hoping against hope that somehow it will rekindle what you felt in one and three. So that's when you're going in. It's only when it's over that either that hope is fulfilled or you then have the despair. But at this moment, I just have the hope that actually, you know, it's not been a rushed, botched job to get to a production date and somehow it was not being cobbled together to try and get a few stories in there, that actually it will be you know, on a par with the numbers, at least one and three. Yeah. That's the hope. And, I, and I'll walk in with that hope. So yeah. no expectations. That is the hope. That is, that is the hope. And, pl- the hope. and then as I walk out, then I will go and get a drink. Well, the hope, the hope for me as well one day is that we actually will, after all these years, finally do ah, the father-son trip yeah. we've always talked about and actually go to Jordan and actually go to Petra because we've, we, we've talked about this now for, I'm going to say, 25 years. Um, <laughs> and we always just keep going... Well, just stuff gets in the way, does it? We need to do because we. Okay, so for you guys that, that don't know, that obviously don't know this, but we, me and Tian, many many moons ago, went on "Are You Smarter Than a Ten Year Old?" the TV show, which in the US is um, "Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader?" Right? I mean, we remember this like it was yesterday. It was great, and 
do you, do you remember the audition process, Dad, for that show? Because Tian, because Tian was on the show as a ten year old because he was ten at the time, and it was Are You Smarter Than Your Ten Year Old? That's right. So it had to be it had to be a family member, not just anyone. So did you did you find out about this? Did you did you kind of show me no, the audition? I think for, it was. Uh, I think it was, was it me? Friend, I one of us found she, it. She discovered it and said you ought to go on there. And okay. then we found about. Then I probably did some digging, and they had auditions in Birmingham. And so the night before, we were thinking, well, what should we do? And I, I think it was me. He said, well, why don't we just reenact an Indiana Jones scene? And we started because we had, <laughs> I think it's one of these, one of these characters, a Pokemon character that looked a bit like the, the Pikachu, the Pikachu that looked like the statue. So we sort of worked back from them. And in our kitchen, we created where, um, as you will recall, Tian was Indiana Jones, and you played the role of. The cave. the cave and so we, we and, and it, it was, was so abs- good I mean, come what may oh. forget the audition it was just a hilarious evening doing that and then i found some music from john williams it was actually the music from when um when he discovers the, the location of the, the, the map room the, the map, map room. room but nevertheless yeah. in the well of souls but nevertheless it was um it was just such a fun thing oh, you, I, unfortunately of course i, I never amazing. actually saw the audition so i have no idea to this day oh my god so but i hear it was good we, so- so we obviously, as you say, you know, we, we got to this point where we, we, we didn't, I think, I think I was going away the next day with, with work, with work or something. I was going away and we didn't have long to figure this out, as you said. Um, and the, cause the idea was we had the application form, which we made really kooky. We sent this, this kind of really fun application. They were like, right, we want you to come in and see us in Birmingham, do an audition for us. And you're right. We kind of went, let's just reenact the, cause we were going to do like a, a po- like a poem or something. Yeah, I don't know what we were going to do, yeah. but then we were like, let's do something a bit out there. Let's, let's reenact the opening scene of Indiana Jones. And we, and immediately even with T and being 10 years old me and my kind of early 20s we went that's that is the one that is the ticket so we just we just went and, and you know i'm obviously doing like the tarantulas i'm doing like my kind of like fingers on his yeah, back yeah. running up and down and the spikes of my fingers coming that's out right. and, like, and you, you were the and branch the that he puts his whip over and the swings bro- across exactly it. Right, it was it was and i and so what and i remember it like it was yesterday and we went into like this room because you weren't allowed to come into this first kind of um, interview room and we were interviewed separately and this guy i was asked um so he, the first question he said was so what are you gonna be doing for your kind of your piece today you and you and your younger brother and i said um we're gonna be reenacting the opening of indiana jones and he went to me um sorry what and i went we're gonna be reenacting the the, the cave scene from indiana jones yeah tian's gonna be indiana jones i'll be the cave and the guy went just so you know, this is very strong for the show. I think, I think, I think you're going to get in. Um, just so you know, kind of a wink. And he was a bit like, everyone else today has done poems. But you guys, I love this. Went into this room, played the music, and we had set up all the different stuff, like the chair, had a Pikachu on it, everything that we rehearsed. And the moment that Tian walks in with his little hat on, he had like his little whip that we got from like Disney World or something. He, had, he, he looked the nuts. And I remember hearing that... And you could feel everyone in the room, the tent, because it was so tense because we'd rehearsed this whole thing. And team was 10, just like, you know, just like slowly. Honestly, and don't forget the fingers at the amazing. end. Do you remember when he just did the, the twitching of the fingers as India was yeah, picking out the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We rehearsed the... the, the you know, right there as he grabs the Pikachu. Oh my God. Honestly, it was... And I remember that at the end, the, they all just went... That was, um, they were like, they were, they were, could not, but like, breaths were taken away. It was amazing. We got on the show. We, I think we, we had a, a got a form, didn't we? In, like it basically said immediately. No, we were given the, the contracts to sign as we were leaving. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I think is kind of not a bit. I don't know if that's regular that happens on TV, no, no, but like it's like a golden ticket in a way, the golden buzzer. And then um, obviously on the show we were like, oh, what should we, what, what, what are we going to give? You know, you know, if we earn any money, Noel Edmonds hosted it. What are we going to, what are we going to spend the money on? And you and I were like, we're finally going to do it. We're going to go on an Indiana Jones adventure yeah. and go to Jordan and do that. Um, we never did it, but no, we, no, yeah, no. it's life, but it's, we, it's, but we it's will. A, it's still a dream, and whilst we're both alive, it still counts. So, <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely still counts. Whatever happens, we will definitely, definitely get we there will, one day. Um, Dad, Dad, I've loved this. I've loved you yeah, coming great on time. the podcast. It's been so much fun. I'm obviously, you know, we've we've got. I, I, I said this in the, in the first episode, certainly kind of the premise of the show, but the idea that yeah, that there are so many people that have so many stories about Indiana Jones, not just about the movies. You know, we've obviously talked in detail, but like it's just impacted people in a way that kind of makes you, it just brings a smile to yeah. your face and makes you very happy. And I think that's what's exciting about that. Yeah. Hopefully that's what we're going to get loads more stories in and we can share those as well. But, um, Dad, thanks for being on. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Um, you can, uh, absolutely get involved as well. Uh, follow us on social medias as well. Uh, and make sure to get your stories in and, uh, and share the love and become part of the community. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Until then, take care and bye-bye for now.